0: In the time between writing the first and second drafts of this book, there was a pandemic. I mean, I say was, there still is a pandemic, but in the many months between merrily sending off a first draft and finally forcing myself to sit down and make it better, COVID-19 killed millions of people worldwide. Like many others, I watched with horror, but without surprise. As a public health crisis became the latest stage for a battle between those who believe in making minor sacrifices to their freedom to protect the vulnerable, and those who seem to fear that doing so is an expression of weakness. Arguments about handwashing, mask wearing, social distancing, vaccines, and even the existence of the disease itself became yet another way to divide us from them. Leaders who should have worried only about preventing mass death, sickness, and economic fallout instead used their considerable power to spread xenophobia and attempt to prove their own machismo. I watched on the 12th of March 2020 as Boris Johnson declared that the UK pandemic plan was simply to tough it out in the name of gaining herd immunity, a plan which was abandoned within 10 days when it became apparent what a devastating toll this strategy would take. In the United States, as the death count ticked past 180,000 on a hot August night in Washington, I stood outside the entrance to the White House South Lawn, where guests of President Trump, dressed in their finest, smiling and maskless, crowded through security and into the grounds to hear Trump deliver an address for the last night of the Republican National Convention. Crossing their paths were protesters headed to Black Lives Matter Plaza, a few city blocks renamed by Washington's mayor, just on the other side of the White House. They were mostly wearing masks and were on their way to continue the summer's protests against ongoing police violence against Black Americans. The gulf between the groups, their ideas about politics and public health and gender and race and each other, felt colossal. In his convention speech, and in most other speeches delivered over four nights of the RNC, Trump referred to the pandemic in the past tense. While people died alone in hospital rooms, he reframed sensible precautions against the coronavirus into something else—a sign of oversensitivity, of hysteria, of political correctness. I didn't know then whether Trump would win re-election— and I certainly couldn't have predicted quite how delirious and terrifying the weeks following that election would be. But I did know that the circumstances which had led to the failure of both the U.S. and the U.K. to contain the coronavirus and the forces which elected both nations' leaders were going nowhere. Joe Biden is president now, and yet I am more sure of that than ever. This is a book about a so-called culture war, that is often portrayed as funny and ridiculous, but which also, unfortunately, touches every aspect of our lives. I have watched it contribute to hundreds of thousands of deaths in Britain and America, both of my countries, where leaders and citizens did not take the threat of COVID-19 seriously because they did not want to be seen as fragile or vulnerable. They didn't want to be seen as special snowflakes. The term snowflake is a profoundly cringeworthy one, used to accuse people of being overly sensitive, angry, or easily offended. But as I watched the horrible events of 2020 unfurl, I understood more than ever that these special snowflakes, sensitive snowflakes, and of course, fucking snowflakes, are the ones who will make life better for all of us, if we let them.